Here this morning, I've got a message called The Heart of the Matter, and uh, it's up on your screen there. It's, uh, we've just had real men, and then I picked that for a screen. Is it a little bit feminine, or are we okay, men? We're good? We're good. Bear with me, bear with me. And uh, I, uh, I have a, bi- a story in the Bible. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. It's the story where the four men take their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Many of us will be aware of this story. It's a beautiful story. We find it in three of the four Gospels. We find it in Matthew, it's in Mark, and it's in Luke. And it's this beautiful story. I love it so much because I just love teamwork. I love mateship. And there's this great story that we read in the Word of God about uh, these men that, that take their friends. And where Jesus is at the time is a, a house that's full to capacity because uh, people were there to hear from Jesus and the, the house was, was totally chock-a-blocks. But I love the story because the friends don't give up on their mate. They don't give up on their mate. They find a way to take him to Jesus. It actually says uh, in Mark's account that they, uh, they make their way onto the roof. They start to remove some tiles and they let their friend down to Jesus. There's, there's so many great parts of this story. And I've spoken and I've preached into it before about that whole thing of teamwork. And it's a great story because it actually says that the guy's healed not because of the, the paralyzed man's faith. He's healed because of the friend's faith. Isn't that cool to know that our faith can help others in life and our faith can help to see others get breakthrough and and find a way in life to get their miracles? So many good parts of that story. But recently I was reading this story and something else stood out to me, something I've never seen in the story before. You see, is uh, we read it in Mark's account, Mark chapter 2, the first five verses start talking about uh, that part of the story, and he's let down, and then Jesus goes on to actually forgive the man's sins first. Now, that in itself, there's no greater miracle in a human soul than having their sins forgiven by Jesus. But between the sins being forgiven and him receiving his healing, Something else occurs, and I want to read it starting uh, in verse 6 here out of the New King James Version this morning. It says this, And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned thus within themselves, He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorifying God, saying, we never saw anything like this. And the part of that section that really stood out to me was where those scribes were. That these scribes, these men who were highly trained in the things of the law, they knew the Word of God well, but here they are, and they're reasoning in their hearts. They're there. They're there amongst Jesus. It's God in the flesh. They could have been a matter of meters away from Jesus, yet they were missing it. They were missing the points. I don't know if they were there. Possibly, I'd imagine they could be having their arms crossed. 
They might have been whispering to each other, but they're there in the middle of a mighty move of God and they're missing the points because what was going on internally, what was going on inside their hearts. They were missing it. They were missing seeing Jesus for who he was. And I just thought, wow, how sad. What a shame. Here these people are, and they're missing out. They're missing out. You see, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the account we read in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, we know that the Beatitudes, one of them says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. These scribes were there. They were right before Jesus, but because of the impurity in their heart, because of their reasoning, because of them not being happy with what Jesus was doing, they really did miss seeing Jesus for who he was. In life, we need to make sure that each of us live life in a way where we have our hearts in a place where we can see God, where we can be there so we can see what God is doing in our lives. Because of their heart, they were not seeing Jesus. So the state of our heart is critical. The state of our heart is so important. Somehow in life, we need to find ourselves with a heart that is in the state of being in a pure place. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. The NLT says this, for it determines the course of your life. Above all else. I don't know about you, but that speaks so loudly to me. This is King Solomon, the great ruler, the great man of wisdom saying, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else. He's putting such an emphasis on it. He's putting a great deal of work into those words to say, this is critical, this is important, this isn't when you get around to it, look after your heart. It's not, oh, it's kind of, in, it's like above all else. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard it, make it top priority. And it says that we're guarding our hearts. I've got news for us here today. We can't guard anyone else's heart. I can't guard the hearts of my children. I can't guard my wife's heart. Even as a pastor, I can't guard your heart. It's up to us, each and every one of us, to guard our own hearts. It's up to us. It's our responsibility to do it ourselves. I can't safeguard anyone else's hearts, but I can do it to myself, and I need to do it to myself. Why? Because everything flows from the heart. Why? Because it's important, because it's valuable. Every Wednesday night in our street is bin night. It's the night of the week, like I'm sure it is in your place at some stage during the week, where you go and put the trash out, you go and put your garbage out. Now I open my side gate, and I wheel my garbage to the side of the curb, and I leave it out there on a Wednesday night. It actually doesn't get collected to the very early hours of Thursday morning, often 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. 
but I leave it out there all night long. Do I stand out there? Do I go and set up a tent beside it? No, I don't. I don't care about it. It's garbage. It's worthless. It's got no value to me. If you want to come by late on a Wednesday night and take my trash, you can come and do it. It means nothing to me. I leave it out there unguarded. It's out there all night. But my heart is important. My heart, your heart, needs to be guarded. It needs to be guarded. Our hearts are important. It's the essence of who we are. It's our authentic self. It's the core of your being. It's where your dreams are, your desires are. It's where your passions live. It's the part of us that connects with God and with others. We need to make sure that we protect it. And we need to make sure that there is not corruption in there. We need to make sure that things like poor attitudes aren't stored in our heart. Things like offense isn't stored in our hearts. That unforgiveness isn't stored in our hearts. That bitterness is not stored in our hearts. That anger isn't welling up in our hearts. That disappointments haven't lodged and found a home in our hearts. We need to make sure, and we need to make sure to the best degree we can that we are protecting our hearts. As we read, it's the source of everything you do. Other versions of this proverb says, for from it flow the springs of life. It's a wellspring of life. So everything comes out of that heart place. If you go and stop a spring, the water flowing from it, it affects what's happening down the stream, doesn't it? If you go and poison it, that water becomes toxic and it affects life further down the stream. It is the same way if we are not dealing with the things of the heart, we are not setting ourselves up for what's coming in our futures. We need to make sure that we are doing everything to keep it pure, to keep it as clean as we can in this life because it affects what tomorrow is going to be like. It affects so much. Let's make sure that it's not unhealthy. Let's make sure we're doing everything we can to make it healthy. Because so easily we can find ourselves out of the sweet spot of life, out of where God would want to be because of one thing, because we've let things lodge in our heart that God does not want to be there. And life's not always easy, and I'm sure we all know this, that things happen in life. Unfortunately, they happen all the time. Things that want to attack us, things that want to get us down, things that want to lodge in that heart are happening all the time. And we need to find out some way in life to get these things dealt with so that we can move on into a good place. And they happen all the time. I love being a pastor. I'm honored to be a pastor, but it's not always easy and stuff happens. I can remember a number of years ago having a really, really difficult phone call. It was a really hard one, probably the hardest call I've ever had in, in, uh, in pastoring. And there was a whole lot of misunderstandings that had occurred. And, and it was really, really hard. And it hit me so deep in my heart, crushed me at the time. But I knew that I couldn't let that thing fester in my heart. I knew that in my own heart, because we can't always deal with what's happening. We can't always control the circumstances or how someone else is seeing a situation. Or, but I tell you what we can do. We can guard our hearts. And I had to go to a place of prayer and 
and releasing some things out of that circumstance. I had to, to, to pray over that thing and pray over that person because I didn't want it to pull me down. It was up to me to deal with. It was up to me personally to deal with because I don't want to miss what God has in my life for me, for my family, for my future. But I know that if I don't keep this thing in a good place, how easily I'll stop seeing God moving in circumstances and situations because it will be clouded. When that's there, all the things up here become clouded. I want to keep it pure. And things just happen all the time. A few weeks ago, I was in the gym and there's a guy at our gym who's, he's a gigantic fellow. I don't know what age he is. He's probably somewhere in his 50s. It, it looks like he spent more time in the gym than he has asleep. This guy's a monster. His arms, you know, his biceps are bigger than my legs. He's a big, big unit. And I've seen him there over the years and he, he just walks around like, you know, like it's just home to him. And I was there the other day and he was there with his son. You can tell their sons. His son was probably 16 or 18 and he was probably over six foot himself, but he hadn't had the muscles of his father. But I could tell that his dad was downloading to his boy. And I love seeing things like that in life. I thought, what a great thing. His dad's, you know, showing his son the ways of the gym. He's showing and downloading his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. I probably should have gone and heard a little bit because I need a little bit of help. But anyway, there I am at the gym, and on this particular day, they were both doing like bicep kind of curls with the big Now, obviously, the dad was lifting a whole lot more weight than the son, but there they were in this certain part of the gym, and I'm like, ah, this guy's a champion. This guy's a legend doing this for his son. And I walked past him a number of times, and then something happened that the whole thing turned around very suddenly for me. See, everywhere around our gym, every like meter or two on the walls, there are big signs. Put your weights away. There's like this rule in the gym that when you use weights, you don't dump weights on the ground. So if anyone goes to the gym, you might share a little bit of that, uh, that uh, concern that I have when that happens. And as I walked past that unit, that area where they had been a few minutes after I'd seen them there for 10 or 15 minutes doing their weights, I kind of walked past, I'm all happy, feeling good about myself, it's early one morning, I look down and in shock horror, they've left every weight they've used, they've dumped them off the bar onto the ground and they have walked off. All of a sudden, I'm gone from this guy's a legend, I love this, to I can't believe this. How dare that man teach his son about this? He's meant to be leading him in the good ways of the gym. And there he is, dumping all the weights on the ground, walking off. Who does he expect to pick that up? I've taken this thing to heart. I've taken it really hard to heart. Not only did it affect me the rest of the workout, I'm driving to work that day. Guess what I'm still thinking about? I'm still angry about this gentleman. I still can't believe it. Later on in that day, guess what I'm still thinking about? I'm still, I'm still fuming about this guy. I can't believe that he's done this. I'm still upset. Now, there's nothing I can do about that. There's not a chance in the world I'm going to tap that guy on the shoulder and let him know about the issue that I have with him leaving weights on the ground. I would be seeing stars in 0.2 of a second and be flat on my back for a long time if I tapped this gentleman on the shoulder. There's not a lot I can do about him, but guess what? There's a lot I can do about my state. There's a lot I can do about my heart. And we hit things all the time in life. 
all the time and we need to be good at people who know how to not take things on and move on. I had to move on from that. I didn't want it to steal any more of my time in my life and, and take any more, you know, lodging in my heart. I just had to let go of it. God, I let go of it. And it happens all the time. I remember the other, uh, not that long ago again, it was, uh, it was my night off after a work week and I was just about to go and hire a, a DVD and uh, as I'm going to hire the DVD, I remembered that I'd made a call that day and asked someone to, to give me a call back and they hadn't called back. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm trying to go into like relax mode, have some time off mode, and I start getting a little bit upset. I'm like, they didn't call me back. Actually, now I think about it, they often don't call me back. <laughs> Actually, that's really rude. Why haven't they called me back? They should have called me back. It's Hartley. Yeah, it wasn't Mick. Mick's got it calling back. So I start carrying this thing. I'm just about to walk up to the machine. True story. And I'm just like, I have a decision here. This could actually spoil my night off. If I keep thinking about this thing and let it... So right there and then I had to, I had to try and release and let go. I prayed for that person. I had to say, okay, I don't know what they've been through today, but I just had to release it. See, all the time, things are going to try. They're, they're going to try and steal from us. They're going to try and lodge in there. And if we let too many of these things lodge in there, I tell you what, it's going to affect us. It's not going to affect him. He probably didn't even, you know, he's probably, you know, didn't return Hartley's call, but, you know, he's probably not even, I'm sure he's not thinking about that at 6.30 on this night, but I was. And it happens all the time. But as Christians, we're called to live at a higher level. Do we know that? We're not meant to take things on and, and have these attitudes and, you know, have bitterness and unforgiveness. We've got to be people. We don't hold grudges. We deal with disappointments in life. We forgive. We let go. It's Christ calling for our life, and we will benefit when we do this. And I know a few of those stories are some of the, you know, maybe smaller things in life, but it happens on the bigger things. You know, I didn't have the greatest childhood. Life in my house as a young boy wasn't very great. I saw my parents go through an awful divorce. I saw things happen in my life as a young man that no young man should have to see with his own eyes, experience. And it hurt and it was painful. And I find myself disconnected from my father as a young boy. For three to four years, no contact, no phone call. And all of a sudden I find myself with a a situation with a hard heart towards him, with unforgiveness towards him for what I'd seen and what I'd gone through. And so easily we can just be all about ourselves and, and, and about how it's affected us and, and how we're the victim. And, but we can't live with that forever. There's got to be a time in our lives, there's got to be a time when we go, I'm moving from this. If forgiveness is needed towards someone, I'm someone who releases and I'm someone who forgives, because it's in that place. We get to the place of having a pure heart, we get to the place of freedom, and it's a great place. I love forgiveness, because I love what it does. I still have images in my head of some of the things that I experienced in the family home, but they hold no power. They hold no power, they don't hold the pain, because it's just, it's gone, it's forgiven. And here today, we can all do that, not because we're amazing, because He's amazing and He did it first. He showed us. He forgave us first. And because of that, we're able to forgive and let go of others. 
Because the sad thing is that a lot is lost where people who hold things in the heart, the bad stuff, families are broken down, friendships are lost, businesses crumble, all sorts of things happen. And we've just got to get onto it really quickly. We've just gone through the Olympics and uh, kind of like the Olympics. I didn't get to see as much as this one as normally due to some circumstances, but I like watching it. I love the stories. I, I love some of the, the underdog stories and things that happen. But one of my favorite Olympic stories uh, happened that uh, in 2004. Well, it wasn't my favorite. It's one of those kind of weird ones. But in 2004 at the Athens Olympics, there was a, an Olympic shooter from America. His name's Matt Emmons. And he'd won a gold medal in the Olympic Games this year. And he was on his way to winning his second gold medal. He was a rifle shooter and he uh, picked up his rifle in the final shot in the 50-metre rifle category that he was in. He was a country mile ahead from anyone else in the competition. Pretty much, as they say, the gold was in the bag. All he needed was just a, an average shot. Every one of his other shots, if he'd just even you know, got just somewhere around his worst shot, he would have still won gold. He was that far ahead. And Matt Amons picks up his rifle, he aims at the target, he pulls the trigger, as he looks through the scope, he notices that he hits dead centre. And with that one shot, he went from first to eighth place, because he hit the wrong target. He didn't hit the target he was meant to hit, he hit the one next to it. And I just think in life, sometimes there's a lesson in that, something that might just start... a a degree off where it's meant to be, a slight degree off where we're meant to be going down later on can end up then seeing us far from where we're meant to be. Just like I shared, it's a wellspring of life, that heart will be affected down the track. So here today, I want to encourage us and remind us that the heart matters and it matters to God. Proverbs 21.2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord sees it and he weighs it. 1 Kings 8.39, you know what is in everyone's heart. So from your home in heaven, answer their prayers according to the way they live and what's in their hearts. The heart matters to God. But I have good news here today because if you're here today, and there's wounds, there's disappointments, there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness. If things have happened in life and you've, you've found yourself here today and you know there's things in there, I declare there's freedom here today. I love what David did. You see, David, King David, he did a lot of great in his life, but he also had some, some pretty big failings. And one of them is with someone called Bathsheba, where he went and slept with another man's wife, a huge failing, then tries to cover this thing up. But he says this in Psalms 51.10. This is post this happening in his life. He says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He knew where to go to have the heart cleansed. And we've got to go to God. We go to God, we go to Him, and we ask Him for help. I'm going to ask the band to come right now. And I just think today would be a great day for us here today to maybe do a bit of a, a stock take on that heart. Because if King Solomon's saying, above all else, I think it's a bit of a flag to say, hey, 
We need to do it from time to time. From time to time, we need to, to look at this heart and see how it's going and see if there's things here today, maybe we need to let go of. Maybe we need to forgive. Maybe we need to get through to try and keep that heart in the greatest place that we can. And it's not always easy, but oh, how worthy it is when we get in a good place. A number of years ago, I was in a meeting, a church meeting, and I don't know what was spoken that day. I don't really think it was about unforgiveness, but something happened to me that day that is really clear in my mind here today, and that was as the service came to an end, I was sitting on the front row, it was in a different auditorium in the city at another meeting, and I was reminded by God about something that had happened 25 years previously in my own life and it was all around something I had carried all of those years it wasn't a, a massive ticket item but it's something that had occurred when I was a young boy and there was some unforgiveness in my heart that I'd never forgiven my mum for and I love God because he wants us to have that pure heart and there's to be some things sometimes that he knows we've held on to and sometimes they're illuminated by the power of God through the Holy Spirit to us so that we can let go of them. See, when I was a young boy, I was in my school playground one day. I was 12. I was at high school. I was in year seven at Pitwater High School in Sydney. And I don't know who it was, but someone that day in the playground came up and, and made a statement to me that made no sense to me. It was a statement about my eldest brother been a half-brother and I'm like huh what's that about I'd gone home that day and at that stage my parents had separated and and I asked my mum about it I'm like mum I'm a bit confused this, someone's come up to me at school today in year seven like they've told me this and it's not true is it oh, mate he's my full brother isn't he and then it came out that he wasn't what I'd heard in the playground actually was the truth and I was really upset about it because I'm like okay I'm 12 now I'm pretty sure my I could have handled this information many years ago and and heard it maybe straight from my parents and and, and heard the truth that way and, and it didn't happen that way and I was angry upset at the time and and life had just moved on, but in that meeting, 25 years later, it was reminded to me that I'd never, I'd never forgive my mum for it. So in that meeting on that day, I, I took two steps forward onto the altar. And I just stood there. And I just forgave my mum in that moment. I released her, I forgave her from just another step forward in God having his way in my life trying to create that clean heart that he only wants for each and every one of us so here today we're going to go into a song just in a in a minute and this is an opportunity for us as church as family to just have a moment if you know there's things here today that you need to to let go of could be unforgiveness Oh, I'd encourage you to take the step here today. Release that person. Release those people. Release that circumstance, that situation.
Maybe you're here today and there's other things. There's disappointments about how life's going for you. You carry it in your heart. Can I encourage you to release that here today? If there's anything else, you will know or God will reveal it to you in this moment. Have a release. Have a bit of a clean out here today.